You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Shall we begin? Hello and welcome to the Ticket Stub, your favorite place for movie news and reviews. The Ticket Stub drops every Thursday on all plot on all plot, podcast platforms. Thursday at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM from beautiful Conroe, Texas. You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore Ticket Stub or Facebook the Ticket Stub Podcast. The Ticket Stub has a ticket sponsorship with the Grand Theater and Amstar Cinema. You can visit IRLoneStar.com for information about the show and sponsorships or drop us a line at 936-647-3776. Also, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. My name is Connor Halstead. Contrary to popular belief, I am one of the hosts of the show. Uh, let my, my absence, uh, you know, hold that off to the side. Join in studio by my friend Chris Appel. How you doing, sir? Doing well. Doing well. Don't hear you. Don't hear you. Don't hear you. Yeah, no, didn't have my mic up, but I'm, I'm doing good other than that. Yeah, now I'm dead. Uh, hey, hello? Testing. hey <laughs> Chris, Mike, is it working? Yes, I believe check, it check, is. Check, check. Yes. Unique New York. And Dick, how you doing, buddy? Word. Word. All right. He's got that one going. Well, um, <clears throat> we are going to have some fun today on the show. We're going to be doing our rundowns where we talk about the mo- our rewinds, sorry, uh, the, where we talk about the movies that we've watched since we've been together last. Long opportunity for me to have drawn some movies from. You guys have done a couple shows uh, in the month of uh, end of May, early June, and uh, I haven't been on since May 16th. That was the last show that I did. It was May 16th. That's wow, long- really? I, 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 that's the best I could figure out. That's a long time ago. That's quite it a while. A while. I, mean, I don't doubt it. We're always, I was, we're was always a year, je- a challenging your dedication. Uh, yeah, always testing. So. But uh, so anyways, we're going to do movie news. Also, a lot of things going on that we need to talk about in movies and entertainment and streaming and all that stuff. Uh, and then we're going to be doing our top three favorite childhood movies. See, Toy Story 4 came out and, uh, you know, it's doing pretty well. Doing, doing well. Yep. I hadn't checked the box office stuff, so it's, don't know. Uh, $150 million. Okay, so not setting a record, but doing, but real, real strong though. It's a little below expectations, but but definitely good for a fourth movie in a franchise. And the Rotten Tomatoes is still like ninety seven percent, I think, or something it's, like it's that. It's pretty good. Yeah, Th- those movies average like nine, like the average of all four is like ninety eight and a half or something mm-hmm. like. That. I mean, it's crazy high. But in honor of Toy Story four and how many children have grown up their whole lives with the Toy Story franchise right in front of them, we're gonna do top three childhood movies. And uh, what I want to do right now, though. Is uh, we always do movie news, but I thought you know let's just do a little personal news. You know what's what's going on? Like, I knew it. I knew yeah. it was coming. Oh, I knew it was boy. coming. Did you know it was coming? So where are you really? Where have you been? Really, where have I been? Uh, well, really, I have been working and being out of town. Oh, man, yeah, I know. I those are gonna be juicy. No, there's there's no juice. Absolutely oh, zero. No juice. Absolutely zero juice. So I work a job where the summer is like the busiest time, and I've already been out of town uh, essentially three weeks since the summer started, and the times where I've been in town have just been, um, you know, a, a bunch of things going on. So I apologize for my for my absence. Um, but anyways, so for me, you know, I've just been kind of all over the place uh, doing, you know, doing the family thing, trying to balance that with being out of town and uh, also having a pretty hectic work schedule. But so that's kind of where I've been. Uh, Chris, what's going on with you, man? I hadn't seen you in over a month. Uh, just busy at the theater. Uh, we're totally done with our remodel. We got the Dak Shack is open, the bar. Uh, trying to you know, get back to normal, but it's very, very busy, very busy. So well, that's good. Uh, so it's yeah. been a good summer. Yeah. It's really good for us. Yeah. Have you noticed that the, the seating has that a, like, are you still doing well in spite of having limit less seats available? 
Yeah, it's actually what's happening, and I didn't believe that when they told you were me kind this. Of a, you were kind of a skeptic at first. Yeah, I was. I didn't believe when they told me this, but you do make up your attendance during the week, and boy, that's true. Really? Yeah, it's it's very busy, even at, at nighttime. Is that because busy. people are now, like, I know the weekend is going to be sold out, so I have to come on, like, a Tuesday? It would seem that that's the case, yeah. Okay. Well, that's mm -hmm. interesting. You would think less seats mean less uh, less people, but maybe not. It does on the weekend, but... It balances itself out. Does it make the, week. the weekend more manageable? Because like there's it, not there's not two thousand people. There's only seven hundred or whatever. It, it is. does. I mean, it's a different animal. It's how I did things a year ago. Is it's completely different now. So I kind of had to learn everything over, sort of. Okay. Uh, just with scheduling and things like that. Yeah. All right. Well, cool, Dick. What's going on, man? Personal news. Oh, uh, nothing much, man. Just y'all are having a baby. Bowling. What? We're bowling a lot. Bowling. How's it yeah, going? I'm almost averaging two hundred. Shut up. That. And Dude, then, uh, people, oh, wow. people don't understand that to average two hundred, you're that's like pretty that's good. a you're that's really good. Because mm -hmm. that means so you're throwing there. like hot like mid two hundred sometimes probably. Yeah. Dang, sometimes. Dude. I'm real lucky. Best ever. I was in a league where I averaged two hundred three for a whole league season one time, Dick. So yeah. Uh, still something to shoot for. Yeah, I no. guess I average about seventy. <laughs> but uh, you and all the that, children average about seventy. Yes, we're uh, we're hopefully opening up uh, the back studio pretty soon. I know. What's it look like? I haven't gotten a peek. It's in. just a bunch of trash everywhere. Still the same boxes okay. and okay. everything. So okay. uh, we got furniture and all that stuff. We have to box and build. And oh, so stuff is here. It's just yeah, not put just together. Just put it together. I have this stupid movie podcast I do on Thursdays. It, it takes just up all like your time. Tear, takes up all my time. Well, luckily, we've only made about uh, every other week for the last yeah, two but, months. Uh, so. But, yeah, so if anyone's out there listening wants to do a podcast, uh, contact us. The rates are affordable, and uh, you basically just get to do your show, and you don't have to do anything else. Is there a so. referral fee? Like, if we send someone to you, can yeah, we get, sure. like, some kickbacks? Yeah, sure. i work someone out. All right, perfect. I'm going to start start spreading the news. Uh, well, anyways, we're glad for those of you that are listening. We're, we're, we're glad that you stuck with us through a little bit of a uh, – you know, up and down recording schedule. Uh, Chris had a lot going on at the theaters, and then it, that led right into the time where I had a ton of things going on. And so we've been trying to get shows done. We're glad to all three be here in studio. It's been a while since the three of us have all been able to sit around this beautiful table and talk movies. But let's not waste any more time with that stupid personal stuff, right? <laughs> let's get to it. Movie news. There's a lot of things that are going on in the world of movies we're going to talk about. The first one, this is a Yahoo article. Dick, you sent us a text about this maybe like a week or so ago. And your text was a little bit misleading, in my opinion, unless you've got different sources than I have. I said it was a tabloid. Okay. A ta oh, that's right. I yeah. said that. Yeah, you did so, say yeah, yeah, very misleading <laughs> sources. <laughs> I thought that was implied by the word tabloid. But. It was the National Enquirer. I forgot. Yeah, very, very reputable. I forgot you'd said tabloid. But you said that Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, by, by the way, what percentage of the time are tabloids actually correct? Because it seems like a fairly high amount, Well, I think right? their, their magic is they do a little bit of truth, do a little bit of uh, lies, and a little bit of uh, sleight of hand. Okay. They fill in the gaps. Yeah, because it seems like they're saying, like, so-and-so are divorcing, and you're like, really? And then, like, a month later, they, they actually are. But the article was Lady Gaga, or what you'd said, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper were together, is what you'd said. But what Yahoo is talking about is that they're set to reunite as, quote-unquote, lovers in their new film. A little bit of a misleading title also because their new film is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy 3 <laughs> where they both play uh, computer-generated animals. But she's going to be the voice no. of, uh, oh, shoot, what do they call the character? L Lady Lila, I guess, who is an otter. She'll be an otter and I guess a raccoon and an otter are destined to be together. You know, oh, he plays, uh, yeah, he yeah, plays okay. Rocket, and so she'll play Lady Lila, the, the otter, and I guess they'll be in love there. But the sub-wrinkle here is... Are they dating? Are they in a relationship? I hope so. Because I like Bradley, that. well, you know, you hate to root for this, but Bradley well, had been married, well, I guess. What would be great is uh, someone asked the question, what's the possibility of A Star is Born 2? 
And then people kind of look around going like, isn't he? He didn't he? Well, Although he we never, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, Maybe miracles. Hey, yeah. miracles happen. It could be like a Christian. It could be like a Christian film. Comes back as a ghost. <laughs> a star like dirty is, dancing. Star, star. 55 seconds in heaven. Well, I think we can have this out. A star is reborn. Yeah. Star, how about that? There you go. <laughs> can you imagine the opening shot is him hanging and oh. then he's like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> he starts like a, moving around. He's like, what is happening? Could be like a zombie movie. Yeah. Anyway, that would be great. So, so he recently split up with his Russian. A, a star is undead. Star, uh, his Russian, I like the reborn one. Like the reborn <laughs> I like that yeah, a lot more. Yeah. Uh, so he was married a, or with, I guess, a Russian supermodel. Seems like not the one you want to get rid of, you know, not the one you want to move on from. So I'm a, I, this is something that I, we've always talked about when people go, oh, Dane who or what. I go, man, I, I always tell Holly, I go, if you're famous, why even try to do that? Try to do what? Date and be married. I remarried at least. Just do the George Clooney route, before, like, and just, for, like and most like, of his career. There's got to be some. There's got to be some Hollywood person who's figured out where he can just get away with still being in the light of the public, being good. But then you know he can just kind of do whatever he wants, they just want or love, she man. whatever she wants. I they mean, just want love, dude. So. Honestly, it's probably good for their image to be like. I mean, I hate to be like a cynic. But it's probably good for their like fame yeah. to be getting married, then getting divorced. Well, that's probably getting that's why they're getting together. Yeah. Well, and they fell in love on the movie, man. Irina Shake, who's his wife, or they're getting divorced, whatever. Uh, you know, where's she going to be? Nowhere. Now know. that she's not with him, I would imagine. Well, you, for, you'll never hear about her again. Except well, for just I don't a, think she a really Russian care. supermodel. <laughs> She'll I, be in all the Russian magazines or whatever. I don't know. Is she like an? Does she model for like American stuff? I don't know. I don't know who she is. I didn't know who she was until she started dating him when she was very young. Oh. Very, very young. Mm. I mean, he, he's, yeah, he was robbing the cradle. Okay. Day. Well, and then Gaga was engaged and she broke off her engagement. So something, something must have happened. You got to imagine that these two have gotten together already, right? I mean, like maybe even before well, this they This isn't separated. a gossip podcast. Let's move on. Dude, it's movies. It's just, it happened from the stars born. Heaven forbid we talk about something tangentially I hope related. So. I like it. I think it's and cool. And they're in another movie together. This is totally movie yeah. talk. They're in a movie together. All right, fine. Dick doesn't like to have fun. So we're going to move on. Uh, and we have better things to talk about. Do we? <laughs> I, sure. That's a surprise to me. I didn't. I didn't realize that we did. Uh, the Guardian. dot uh, com had an article about the movie yesterday, which is the Danny Boyle film about uh, the guy who the lights go out and they come back on. The Beatles never existed. See, I think this was a movie with a great premise. Yeah, definitely. I really liked the premise, but I didn't know how it was going to come across. Still haven't seen it. Uh, there's seem to be some kind of hot and cold reviews coming out about this. You know, a lot of people are giving it a little bit of criticism about. Maybe not having a great plot or maybe not really uh, living very well in the world, you know, like not living up to its own rules that it's setting or like the Beatles don't exist, but then all these bands that the Beatles directly inspired do exist and things like that. But the, the point of this article from The Guardian was that this is a story all about men uh. because all of the female characters uh, have nothing to do, as the article would say, nothing to do except for Dote, scold, and sell out. That was the only role that women played in this movie. And also, apparently, all of the musicians that this movie touches on are only male musicians. There's not a single female. So this is talking about how it's basically rewriting history to say that, you know, there's no famous women in music and uh, that, that the women in this Do movie you, have no role. Okay, this is something that <laughs> okay. I've got a question for you guys. <laughs> Circle up. Here we go. What, what's right. up? So when you say stuff like when people like because I read a little bit of the article and it's really strange that it's now there's, there's an expectation of these standards. Yes. And I found that kind of odd and especially telling a story. I mean, really, there's better ways to like you can always agree there's always better ways to tell a story. But I mean, this movie is just about Beatles music. 
I imagine. I don't think they're trying to go out of their way and say women are only there to support us and that's our men. <laughs> what if that was their point? What if they're like, let's make a movie? Yeah, about- that's all Beatles music is. That's the whole reason for Beatles music, folks. Well, they say this is original, but it kind of reminds me of that movie, The Invent- the Invention of Lying. Yeah. With uh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah. That's a good point. A different spin on the same concept. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the same thing, which it's a uh, it's okay movie. Is that movie all about the holding women down also? It is. It is. Well, it's about lying, so yes. He does take advantage of many women through his lies, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He sure does. <laughs> well, I, again, like you said, Dick, I don't know that these writers, it's so funny because they're so under the microscope. I can't imagine there's like a, a, well, a, writer, mean, a writer's meeting where they're like, okay, it. how can we write the women out of this story? Especially what the movie's trying to be. Like, I could understand if it's an art house film trying to do some message that's a little as layered, but this is a movie about yesterday. This, like, it's supposed to be like kind of a feel-good, fun music movie. Yeah, like that's it. I don't really know what we're, what, what they want from all this. What if there was someone in the writer's room, like, all right, now we need the strong woman lead, and they're like, get out! No! Get that stupid idea out of here. We're holding <laughs> women down with this movie. We do not want women to have a fair shake in this... Uh... Well, maybe because the star is I mean, born, that's like, that's like someone... Thought, okay, but they just had it. We can go the other that's way. That's true. like someone complaining about Castaway. And how there was all, not enough strong like, female leads. Yeah, <laughs> like all the women in that movie either made a mistake or they just were just there to look at. Yeah, he would make the volleyball a man. No. I mean, yeah, he would make his yeah. volleyball friend a hum- a male. Helen Hunt was very good in that movie. I know, but I mean, we're they're sitting there critiquing women's roles in movies, and I'm like, I, I don't really know, man. It's well, again, I don't, I don't, I don't think the purpose of yesterday was to be against women. I think it was probably an oversight. Horrible article. Let's go back and talk about gossip about G- Lady Gaga. You want and, to? Dude, yeah. I'm what all about it. Yeah. What do you think? Dude, I think they're in love. Oh, I think man. they're true love. I still like the idea of A Star is Reborn, man. A Star is Reborn. That opening yeah. scene, and every, especially their face when they see him. And they could even do a reenactment they of Jesse so Smollett. And he has, still has the noose oh, around Jesus. him. Oh, and, no. Like, he got this bizarre, <laughs> this bizarre imagery. People oh. are looking around the theater going, what are they trying to make it look like? Just You have, like, the, the, the police cam and everything. Dude, it's pop culture. And, you know, it's relevant. It's relevant. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it's so good. And uh, what would be great is we get to see him torture himself because the funny part, the plot of the movie is he can't die. So the whole time the star is, his character's trying to kill himself. He's like, like why, Groundhog Day. why can't I be sad? Just let me be sad. Let me be sad. What was that? What's that? Stu- I think that's a movie that you probably like, but they're making another one where like the girl dies every day and then she wakes up. A happy death day. Yeah, yeah. and uh, kind of like that. You know, every day he's trying to kill himself in a new way, but he just wakes back up the next morning or whatever. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Well, this next one, Dick. I know you're not gonna like this article. I thought you might like the first two, and I was kind of yeah. I was leaving this one for last so that you could make fun of it. Uh, but. This is leading to a different conversation. This this is the entryway in, which is that the Office TV show is leaving Netflix in 2021. But the reason why I bring this up is because this is exactly what we've been talking about for a long time, which is that all of these, you know, little IP segments here or groups or or companies are going to be spinning off their own streaming service. And that's exactly what is happening here. NBC Universal's new streaming service is going to come with a $12 a month fee. And they're bringing the office as kind of their flagship program over to it. Yeah, but they had Hulu, right? But now Disney owns that. Yeah, I think so. So, but but so so my question is, and, and where we're going to bring it back to movies is, what is this? You know, is this the first step? And how how long after is everybody else going to be following I mean, behind? It's already. It? I mean, it's already started. I mean, everyone's contracts have been have been signed. And what's interesting to me about this announcement is, I'm curious how people know about this stuff. Because it's not like a regular thing, and Netflix just hasn't done or has they don't do a reoccurring email going. Here's what's coming. 
It's always those yeah. clickbait yeah, articles. It's, it's like, how do these people find this information out? They must leak it, I guess. And, well, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. And so to me, this isn't that big of a deal. I mean, The Office is a TV show. You can watch it. You can watch it. You can buy it on DVD. Yeah, you can buy um, it, but nobody wants to. What's crazy about this is that The Office has stayed relevant only because it's been on Netflix. I mean, well, with any streaming service, really. I mean, it didn't... is it also on Hulu? No, I don't think so. I think it's been on Netflix this whole Here, time. I'll check real quick. Because Parks and Rec is on Netflix and on Hulu. Is it really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure The Office is only Checking on. Right now. I'm pretty sure it's only on Netflix. And they were gonna take it off Netflix a while back, but there was such a push against it that they like re-upped the contract or whatever. But there's so many like teenagers, like a lot, like you know, I, I work with teenagers, and they all it's like their favorite show. It's you know, and so it's had this weird staying power. Because it's been available, and so my question is: Yeah, you can you can watch it do on you, Hulu. Do you think? Okay, now this happened with the TV series Coach. It was on Netflix, and they had the whole series on there. But then it was pulled off because an independent uh, company wanted to re-release it on DVD, and so they did that. And that's why I had to get I had to buy that from them because it went <laughs> you're off like Netflix. The only, you're the only person. I probably think I am the only person that did. Well, but, what they'll do uh, but is so. So is that is that like it'll a, go the way of the uh, the music industry? You know, you you do on that old format called uh, you know, VHS. There we go. That would be. And cool. then Can't hack my VHS. Then you download it if you want. I think they do that with the Stranger Things episodes. They're okay. on VHS. Oh, you can get gosh. them on VHS. Well, I'm at more. So I'm at more of records. It's cool. But yeah. I mean, like, I think you can. You just buy it. Buy, they, they are they gonna make DVD versions of it or yeah, you can still comp, you can uh, still buy format. it. But I, I looked up the other day and it's like. It's like seventy or eighty dollars to buy the whole the whole series of That's not the bad. Office. Not crazy, but I mean, it's you know, if it was already on your Netflix for free, people aren't used to buying things anymore. You know, they've kind of trained us not to buy, but just to all to pay all these all these monthlies now. But my question is, is this gonna? Uh, can we really expect people to have, or, or what is the limit to how many? $12 subscriptions we can expect people will have. Whenever it, Whatever the gets, market bears, man. Whenever it gets more expensive than your TV bill. Yeah, then, I think gonna, then you're, you're, you're in trouble. Well, right? I mean, I think we're, there's, it's either going to go two ways. You can afford it or you start managing what you want to see. So, for example, I'm a big uh, Game of Thrones fan. I want to see the new season. I better subscribe to HBO when it's on. And then when I watch, I'm like, okay, I'm done subscribing to HBO. Cancel that subscription and then move on. I mean, it, and I think that's why Netflix has been doing their own content because well, sure. eventually, yeah. twenty years on the road, that's what people are going to be a new office. And it's like, oh, I got to subscribe to freaking Netflix to still watch my pointless show, The Office, too. And I, I think Netflix has been smart to pour so much unbelievable money into all the different yeah because they saw the writing on the wall with all this years ago. Or could it be that they are going to reboot The Office? And NBC just wants to get it on their own thing. So when they release it on TV again, you think they're gonna NBC's I, gonna bring the Office back? I think it's possible. Yeah, sure, maybe so. I don't know that you could. It was kind of lightning in a bottle. You know, I don't know that you could ever. Well, they probably do the holiday movies kind of thing, like Lifetime. Uh, like they'll do like a two-hour Office movie. Yeah, maybe. At some point, people get famous, and it's hard to get them all back together again. But uh, but anyways, I just think it's interesting what this is gonna. You know, there's gonna be an NBC. There's going to be all the networks are going to have yeah. one, but then in, like you know, is you know, is Fox Studios, is Universal. I mean, you know, are the, we're going to have studios that are all going to have them for all their movies as well, and it's just going to be where you know I have to pay eight different people twelve dollars a month to be able to watch. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You either can afford it all, or you, are you going to manage it and say what you want to watch and how you do it? Because I mean, Holly and I, we do HBO, Amazon, Netflix. Yeah, uh, and then basically, I can if I want to do Hulu, I can call somebody who has Hulu, but. 
I don't really know what I don't really have a lifestyle where I had to watch certain things like Game of Thrones. Holly had to watch that, yeah, and she did. And I was like, well, I like Westwood, so let's keep it on for the Westwood movie that came out. Uh, Dude, week. I just started. I'm on season so, two of Westwood. By yeah, the way. and so I was like, oh, let's just keep it for another month so we can watch that movie when it comes out. Yeah, and then after that, I'm like, well, let's Deadwood, not do it. Deadwood, not Westwood. What did I say? Westwood. Oh, Westworld. Gosh. Westworld is the other show. Oh, yeah, Westworld's going to be good. Well, Westworld's good, too. That's not going to be out for 10 months or something like that. Yeah, it takes them a while to do that. So. Hey, one other thing. I didn't have an article about this, but did you see that the Adam Sandler mystery, murder mystery movie on Netflix set, they released this, they don't ever release stats, but they released the stats on this. In the first three days, there was 30 million individual accounts, like unique accounts that watched Adam Sandler's murder mystery in the first three days. Wow. I doubt it. 30 million. 30 million people. Uh, that's a lot. I mean, a lot of people see Adam Sandler movies. So when you see Adam <laughs> yes, Sandler's new yes, movie. Okay. I know, but it's funny because everybody, it's, he's right. kind of a punchline because his movies are usually. Because we reviewed I'm glad it because you, you probably, you clearly haven't listened to no, it. I, I didn't listen chat. to that. Sorry. I, I'm glad you said this because, yes, 30 million people watched it. But where is that sweet dough that should have come from the opening weekend box office? It's not there. It's and his, see, that's why it's, it's in his pocket. No, 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 no. Well, that they paid him, so Netflix has those subscriptions that they already had. They released that movie. It makes really nothing. But they're maintaining. It's about maintaining subscriptions, though. You have to keep the content coming for people to stay subscribed. Especially, that's exactly what we're talking about. Right. I mean, the office is leaving. But that stat's a worthless stat, really. I mean, how many? Eleven billion people have Netflix. Okay, so. So they watch that. What's the end game? Well, it's different. That? It's different than saying thirty million people went to the movie theater because they didn't have to pay ten dollars in that moment. It was a free thing to watch. Sure. But you have to say. But it's like a. It's a. It's a loyalty to the service, though. If people aren't watching the stuff Netflix has, eventually they're going to cancel it. So you have to keep putting out things people are going to want. I think that so movie it's just a could different... have made in the mid twenties opening weekend. I would think. Twenty million. Yeah. Mid twenties. Sure. Maybe it could have, but I think for Netflix, it's more valuable. For them to host it on their service, don't you think? I don't know. I, maybe still, maybe have, we don't know. I still have difficulty understanding. Maybe we don't know. Thing. Maybe Netflix needs to be making movies, releasing them in theaters for a short run, and then pulling them onto their service or something. I, I mean, that, that'd be a good idea. I mean, that's what like Amazon is doing that with their movies. You know, they're, you know, they're, I mean, they're Manchester by the Sea, for instance, was the you know the one that won the the Oscar. Uh, you know, releasing it for a while and then ha- hosting it on their service as well. And that actually seems like maybe a smart move on one other hand because you get all the publicity of the theatrical release which then pushes people to your service who maybe would watch it who wouldn't have otherwise so and then it's hosted there for people to rewatch. well cool well that's what we got for movie news uh dick sorry to let you down i know it was all stuff you don't care about but uh yeah boo <laughs> boo on you boo. all right let's go to break and then when we come back from break we're going to do the rewinds of the movies that we've seen uh since we've been together last and we're going to do our top three childhood movies so stick with us here on the ticket stub This is Rick, TRC. Every Tuesday on my show, Afternoons with Lone Star, from 3 to 7, I play back-to-back classic rock hits. That's right. I like to call it a two for Tuesday, or a three for whatever it is you'd like. Call the request line, 936-647-3776, or message me on Facebook, Afternoons with Lone Star, make a music request. That's right, you can do it. Here's what else. Go over to our website, IRLoneStar.com. Get the app on your phone. It's easy. You'll like it. The Ticket Stub is sponsored by the Grand Theater and Amstar Cinema. With 18 locations around the country, the Grand Theater and Amstar Cinemas bring you the latest in state-of-the-art projection and sound. Including Fathom Events and Flashback Cinema. 
Did you know your local Grand or Amstar Cinema serves a wide variety of adult beverages? And some even have a full bar. And moms, they didn't forget about you. They also have a large selection of wine to help you get through those kids' movies. Visit your local Grand or Amstar Cinema today. From the beginning, the main purpose of the Cooperative Extension Service has been to change human behavior by teaching people how to apply the results of scientific research. By utilizing a holistic, multi-level approach, Extension Family and Community Health Programs encourage health and well-being for everyone. Addressing values, concerns, and needs with reliable science-based information, Extension Programs help people lead healthier lives. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. What? We're back on the ticket stub. If you missed this last segment, we talked movie news, a little gossip. Bradley Cooper and Gaga, are they, aren't they? Who knows? Ross and Rachel, right? Then we talked about uh, yesterday not giving women a fair shake. Oh, they are. Oh, they are. And last but not least. Uh, In the next movie, A Star is Reborn. <laughs> Relive the love. Oh, re- ooh, that's a good tag. Relive the love. There you go. Uh, and then uh, and they could just change some of the lyrics of the songs they already have. And then we talked about. Uh, and another uh, funny scene in that movie okay. is he can't urinate anymore. So he can't piss himself. Oh. And so we can bring that back, bring the audience back to the first one where he pissed Some himself. Callbacks, yeah. And he's like, man, this is the first time I haven't pissed on stage in a while. That'd be gold. I'm telling you, that'd be movie. Gold. I've already written this movie. That'd be yeah. gold. All right, well, let's do our rewinds. This is where we talk about the movies that we've seen since we've been together last. Uh, who wants to go first? Dick, do you have a movie? Yeah, I do. <laughs> is that code for no? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, I was actually kind of funny. We were watching this, so I'm going to pull up the trailer and just let it run in the background. But... Okay. Uh, yeah, so I saw the 2017 Reese Witherspoon movie called Home Again. Oh. I don't know if y'all have any idea what that is, uh, but it is the stereotypical Reese Witherspoon movie. Holly has been watching Little Big Lies or Big Little... Yeah, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Hey, skip that ad. And she likes the... Uh, I'm, it's on the screen, so just stop uh, worrying about it, dude. Yeah. And so she saw this movie, and she's like, let's watch this movie because I like Reese Witherspoon. I was like, oh, great, here we go. Uh, and I will say the f- most interesting thing about this movie after watching it is nothing. was who was involved in making it. So the director and writer was Hallie Meyer Shire. That's kind of an interesting name. But she is a daughter of Nancy Myers and uh, Charles Shire. And they have written and directed probably the most well-known recent Chick flicks, I would call chick flicks. Like The Holiday, uh, It's Complicated, The Intern. I guess that's not really a chick flick. Uh, uh, something's <laughs> Gotta Give. I like you know, that. The Parent Trap. and That's not really mm, a chick flick. No. But they wrote and directed those movies. So what was funny is in this movie, this is a perfect movie to watch if you're into screenwriting. Because it could Does Reese hook up with this little young guy? Yeah, it, it couldn't commit to what kind of movie it wanted to be. 
because I will give you the synopsis. Life for a single mom in, in Los Angeles takes an unexpected turn when she allows three young guys to move in with her. See, like, that's not even, that's like half truth right there. <laughs> because even the, during the movie, I couldn't figure out if they were divorced or separated because they oh. said both words throughout the movie. Because she's married or divorcing a uh, another actor, Michael Sheen, who we all know. And her mother, Candace Bergen, uh, shows up occasionally. Candace Bergen is the queen of these like kind of terrible movies. Like yeah. she's she's been in some good movies in her career, maybe, but she likes these kind of this kind of stuff. It looks fun, honestly. I mean, that's does, does she, she does she hook up with all three guys? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it didn't really have a direction on what it wanted to be when it came to these three guys, because even the three guys living there wasn't really part of the plot. And I was like, okay, it's, you could tell it wanted to be part of the plot, but it wasn't. And especially her voiceover and her character, I was like, I I don't know who wrote this, but it's a good example of not committing to a plot. Hmm. Well, Reese still looks pretty good, though, huh? Yeah. So, well, Is I guess that's the matter. You think they're yeah. just trying to, like, redo, was it Sweet Home Alabama? Yeah, well, they're, I think they're just trying to redo what she does, like, what who yeah. she is. And uh, I think it failed. Movie. It definitely failed. And Is that Big Little Lies good? Do you watch, you watch that with your wife? I'll, I'll watch that with my wife, yes. It's okay? Yeah, it's all right. I, uh, it's more confusing than, than this. Than it, than this. <laughs> uh but I would love to talk about that show because I still don't understand a lot of logic in that show. Yeah, I, I don't but, watch uh, it, but me and me and Lindsay have kind of talked about it, but we I have not seen an episode yet. So. Yeah. Well, Chris, what so, so good or bad? Home again? Oh, bad. bad it's time. streaming on I want to say Amazon Prime. Yeah, for now. Better watch it oh, before man. it goes. Better, better start boycotting Amazon Prime. <laughs> Home again, the best movie of the century. Chris, what you got? I saw Vice. I know, oh, you, I, know yes. you're, I know you reviewed this. This is hey, come on. 2018, Adam McKay directed, Christian Bale. It's streaming starring. on something now. It is streaming. I saw it li- Hulu? Uh, live. I saw it live. I saw it live. I saw it on Hulu, yes. yes. For, for live on Hulu. On Hulu, yes. Rapid Fire Movie Review. Matthew Lucas from the front row. Clearly, the target audience is in on the joke, but the film often feels smug and cynical rather than illuminating or insightful. Peter Rayner from Christian Science Monitor. This ought to be good. In theory, <laughs> there's... No reason why this approach shouldn't work if the jokes are better and the black comedy was blacker. But McKay isn't really interested in Cheney as anything but a target. Matthew Pachovic from Matt's Movie Reviews. Ever seen that image of a raving conspiracy theorist in front of a board filled with newspaper clippings linked together with red crazy string? Vice is the movie equivalent. And Josh Larson, Lars, Josh Larson on film, uh, Michael Moore fan fiction. Okay. I think you saying Christian's Science Monitor, this ought to be good. That might be one of the funniest things you've ever said on the show. <laughs> it was such an offhanded thing. <laughs> All right, what you think? Well, this movie had so much going for it. It has, okay. it has great actors. Great actors. Interesting story about somebody interesting, a great director, and so forth. Mm. My problem is, if you're going to make a hit piece, which clearly... Clearly it was. Clearly this is a hit piece, just present the facts. Yes. Instead of wild exaggerations or embellishments... If the person you're trying to take down is really as bad as you say, then you shouldn't have to do anything but state the facts of, yeah. of what happened. They try to cover their butts in the beginning where they say it's a true story, well, as true as it can be for somebody that's so secretive. Well, that's not, you know, that's that's really not saying much there. So basically you're saying that you made up half the stuff that happens in the movies. I mean, they've got conversations behind closed doors, conversations with his wife, how his daughter came out to him and what his reaction was. I mean, they, they really missed the mark. And it was all based on what they figure he would do. Yeah, what they yeah. what they figured he would do. Uh, even when they show George W. Bush, who's played by uh, Sam Rockwell, really well. I, thought I love Sam, love Sam Rockwell. But even when he was given the address, 
uh, to the nation in the Oval Office, they made him like really tiny, like sitting down behind the desk, mm-hmm. looking all small. We all remember that yeah. speech. It mm-hmm. didn't look like that. That that's just not necessary to do. Uh, and you know, and earlier in the movie, they have you know George W. Bush stumbling around drunk at like some black tie function, mm-hmm. and his ties hanging off, and he's all drunk and was. There's just no way that that happened the way that that did. I, yeah. I, I just don't believe so. But you know. Adam McKay is a great director. Yes. And I'm really disappointed uh, by the way that he went about this. I think he's far more creative uh, than he showed in this movie. And I, I mean, I really think he should have more integrity like he had in, in the two Anchorman movies. <laughs> Those were ones where he did not he did not give an inch. He did not. Let me ask you something, Chris. Yes. Because I remember watching this movie we talked about during our Oscar shows. Yeah. I always felt that in this movie there wasn't enough Christian Bale to justify a nomination. Does that make sense? There weren't, the scenes were too short. Mm, yeah. It, I, I didn't really see acting. I just saw him just reacting well, in, the, what, in the narration. Really. That's one thing I noticed was Steve Carell, who plays Donald Rumsfeld, yeah. he's not really doing an impression of Donald, Rum, Donald Rumsfeld. He's just doing Steve Carell acting. Yeah. And it seems like Christian Bale's doing an impression of Dick Cheney. You know, no, those are the two things. It's like, so I, I really would have liked to see just Christian Bale's interpretation of it instead of a straight up impression, which yeah. is which is what it was, in my opinion. So I, th- I think I think you hit the nail on the head, Chris. I think that they came at this, which they they do all the time. So you know, Adam McKay is not the only one, but they came at this with the end in mind, which is that we want to make him look terrible, and so everything we do is through that light. And I think that you know, I don't know enough about like politics and stuff. Uh, Dick Cheney, probably a questionable figure, or whatever else. Just, I mean, you know, let the let the story tell itself here. But when they, yeah, like trying to make you know, the part where it's like, oh, we all lived happily ever after. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, just kidding. This didn't actually, you know. And they ran the credits yeah. so that it was fake and everything. Yeah. I mean, I we we get it. Like you hate him, you know. <laughs> yeah. you, like okay. Yeah, I mean, you made a big budget movie that won an Oscar to show how much you hate Dick Cheney. Well, it's like making a movie about Hitler, and that's not enough. Like, you, you also have to add in all these little things where he, like, kicks a puppy or something <laughs> like that. I mean, it's like you, you get it. You know, you don't, you don't need to pile it on. I think that's just – it's lazy filmmaking, I think, and um, I would have liked to see just a straight-up, here's what he did. Make, he didn't let the audience make up their own mind. Yeah. And, and I don't like it when they don't. Well, I think that part, the part of the problem was the scenes were too short. They it, were very It was short. like a bunch of little, like, yeah, moments. and I think there, there could have been a good – saw 20 minutes of an actual continuation of one story. And so the jumping and all that kind of stuff, because I mean, the guy is interesting and he's very polarizing and there's a lot of footage of him talking. So there's gotta mm-hmm. be something that everyone kind of connects to and do it accurately. Yeah. So did you see this, the fly scene where he's talking to his wife when he's on the couch mm-hmm. and the fly is like on his face, yeah. like going around and the flies on her arm. It was very distracting. <laughs> I thought it was very distracting. See, and this was a shame because I I loved The Big Short. That's one of my favorite movies in the last, you know, it's probably a top 10 movie in the last couple years for me because I, I just think he did an awesome job bringing a complicated subject to where people could understand it. And maybe that was told, maybe if I knew enough about finances, I'd be annoyed that he was doing the same thing there. You know, like he was, I mean, he was obviously speaking against the financial institutions in mm-hmm. The Big Short, but that one felt a little bit more like it was just, I don't know, it, it wasn't so much based on one person that you could yeah. say, obviously this didn't happen. Obviously this didn't happen. Obviously we don't know about this. It was more of just, you know, dramatizing events that pretty much did happen and, uh, and kind of putting you in the middle of it. And so I liked that. And I think he tried to kind of steal some of those elements and it just, 
the second time it's never as good. You know, when you're like, let me explain you what's going on type stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know, the little funny jokes weren't quite there. Did you, I mean, overall, if you had to get, say like out of five, you know, or scale of one to five. Uh, I mean, I'm going to, a two, I think there's some solid performances in there, but they're, they're, even Sam Rockwell, it's making fun. Yeah, it's all making George fun. George W. Bush, you know, so. But he's, he's really good. And it, yeah, Sam Rockwell is good. Yeah, and, I, I don't know. It just was not needed. Just just play play the characters. You don't need to do impressions. And just just show whatever the facts are if you want to make that movie and let the audience make up their mind. And I think they did not do that. I, I think getting so much love is a testament to the political leanings of the people that are voting yeah, on it. Really I mean, it, it was a, it was a well-made movie, and I think it had good acting in it. But it wasn't. I don't know who enjoyed watching Vice. You know, like there was there was a yeah. couple funny parts, but it wasn't a real enjoyable movie. I don't know. It, it's just interesting to me that it got as much love as it did. I think if it was about, uh, you know, if it wasn't about the vice president, if it was the exact same movie, but it was about the owner of Ford or something like that, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think it would have had so much uh, so much love behind no, it. No, I think it would have been a really really fine movie if they just left out the digs. Yeah. You know, like the straight up we got to ram it into your head that this is a terrible person. They just leave that out, all that out. And I think it would have been great. Honestly, probably a better, a high, a higher tier mood. Cause it's like, we don't have to f spoon feed mm -hmm. the fact that what we're trying to get to, we're just going to let you kind of see it. All right. <clears throat> well, for me, I saw the movie John wick three parabellum, which apparently means like go to war or something. Parabellum. I don't know. It's Latin for something, but John wick three, uh, directed by Chad Staleski. And it's written by Derek Kolstad and Shay Hatton and a bunch. It takes a lot of people to write a John Wick movie. I don't know if you knew that. Probably because the dialogue is so rich. Uh, you know, they really have to, you know, double and triple check it. Uh, the stars in the movie, it's got uh, Keanu Reeves, obviously. Ian McShane, who is reprising his role yet again as the owner of the uh, Continental Hotel. Lawrence Fishburne, who was in the first one as well. Um, yes, you know, several of those people from the first one. This one also has Halle Berry. Yeah, hadn't seen Halle Berry in a while, <clears throat> and so she comes out uh, and is, is, it plays a fairly important part. So the IMDb plot of this movie: Super Assassin John Wick is on the run after killing a member of the International Assassins Guild, and with a fourteen million dollar price tag on his head, he's the target of hitmen and women everywhere. <clears throat> so a couple things. Number one, it's funny how these John Wick movies kind of rely on the other movie like they it, it's all within like a three-day span there's three john wick movies and they must all take place within just a few days of each other because the plots are direct i mean it picks up just right where number two left off mm -hmm. and number two picks up kind of right where number one left off and in every movie you know he he ends it by burying his weapons under cement and then the start of the next movie he's busting the cement open to get <laughs> his weapons back out but if you remember john wick 2 he killed the brother of the girl who killed herself in the pool and the blood went everywhere but he killed him inside the hotel where you're not supposed to do anything. Well, hey, he didn't kill her. No, she killed herself. That's what I said. He didn't, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. Okay, yeah, but anyways. Okay. But the brother, he killed the brother in the hotel. Did he? Yeah, and, that, mean, and that's why he got... he got. Is a, he in the Star Wars born? Yeah, he might have been. <laughs> and that's why he got blacklisted or whatever they call it. I, I forget what it was. This one goes the most into the spy network out of all the movies. Uh, you know, and apparently it's all deeper than we could have... You know, who would have thought? It's deeper than we thought it was. Um, so essentially this movie is just the same. It's the same thing over and over again. I mean, they found a formula that works and, uh, and they, and they just go with it. Dick, did you see this? Yeah, I did. What, what have you reviewed it on this show already? Yeah. What, you just what, don't listen to it when you're not here. I do. So, uh, I, I, do I do sometimes. what do you think about it? I, I thought it was, 
uh, they still have the same production company doing everything, so it was really well made. Uh, some issues I had with it were, and when you're telling a story, this story didn't really do anything new in a sense of it. It began with him on the run, and it ended him still on the run. Yeah. So, which I guess they're gonna make a number four. Well, they have to because, yeah. and that's one thing I was disappointed. I, th- I, f- I felt the movie needed to end at one point. To where it kind of left it open, like what's going to happen at the end of this one? It was pretty pretty obvious, and it it's pretty obvious. Like we didn't really learn anything. We didn't do anything new with the John plot. Witt. Didn't really move anywhere. No, uh, <laughs> and he killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Do, do you guys remember when movies there would be like the original and then a sequel and then that would be it? Yes. And now it's like four, five, six, seven, eight movies. Yeah. Sometimes I wish well, they would just get like three, just like commit to a trilogy. You know, just let let it be a three movie story and maybe arc. this is the mistake of John Wick 3 where they didn't know how to they either said hey let's play with the idea of doing two more movies three and four or we can't really figure out how to end it in three we had that we had the more time to it's, go to I tell think the it's story. just riding a hit like it's yeah. your money maker oh, yeah. that's what it is so. well i mean I, especially how fast they turn these out and the the replay quality of them like everyone loves these movies and it's almost like a fresh of breath air uh, bre- uh, I said that wrong. He did. Uh, a fresher breather. A breath, breath, what? A breast of fresh air. Breath of fresh breath air. Of fresh Thank air. you. Uh, and, and a lot of people were making similar movies, like The Equalizer and all those other kind of, uh, like, remember that Sean Penn movie no one saw? And then uh, we also have, you know, pretty much all of Liam Nielsen's movies were made in the same style. But these movies, I, I thought it was, uh, like, for example, the fight scene in the with the three... Asian guys was really long. Like I was yeah. exhausted. At the yeah, end that, that was, and then yeah, and that was golly, kind of brutal. Yeah, but he killed some great people. So there is a dub. It's called visu dot info dash John Wick kill count. I just googled like how many people did John Wick kill. Somehow I stumbled across this website. They have it actually. It's really cool. It's these infographics. It's got dialogue count for the Quiet Place. It dissects the whole church scene in Kingsman. Uh, how many times did the Edge of Tomorrow did he die? But they've got something for all three of the movies, and it, it shows. Yeah, Dick, if you can pull that up, I don't know. I didn't give you very much. Head, you know, what's time. it called? Um, just Google how many people did John Wick kill infographic. And so what it has is, in each scene, how many people he killed, with what gun did he use, how many shots did he take, how many hits, how many misses, and and you know his accuracy for every film. It's super cool, really, you know, especially if you like John Wick. It's really an interesting thing. But if you had to guess, Chris. Have you seen any of these movies? No. Okay, well, then you're a total ignorant bystander here. If you thought in John Wick 1, 2, or 3, which one would he have killed the most people? Uh, the third one. Yeah, typically it scales up, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, in the first one, he killed 77 people. It feels, oh it feels like about 500 in each movie. In the second one, he killed 128 people. Oh, in the wow. third one, he only killed 85 people. All right? Wow. Yeah, but he took... Uh, more shots in the third one than he did in all of the other movies. Well, he's getting older. Well, and th- there is a great scene, Dick, the, in the third one where those guys are wearing the armor that can't be p- penetrated by yeah. the pistol. <laughs> and so he has to shoot each guy like 40 times to like, and then like punch him because the bullets aren't going through the stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, he killed not the most. He killed the second most in the third movie, but he was the most accurate, 88% of his shots. But what I love is someone... Chris, look at this. And Dick, you're scrolling through it. It shows every gun in the third one, how many kills he got with it. He had three horse kills. That's pretty cool, right? Killed three people with a horse. <laughs> wow. Oh, he, it, it, he killed people with a horse. Yeah, but look, it shows the gun in each scene. It shows the gun, the bullets fired, the sh- like in order, which bullet he shot, 
and did it hit or not? My advice to the guy that made this is, you know, man, go ahead and get out of your parents' basement here. It, it, this has gone too far. Well, you got to have a sit down with your parents. What's great is how many times must he have seen this in theaters? Because, like, unless he pirated it. I mean, that's, that's the only other option because you'd have to watch it so many times to keep track of each gun and each bullet because it's happening so fast. But anyways, I, I, I digress a little bit. I think this is really cool. How many times would this guy have to watch these movies? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh, my gosh, to figure that out. Yeah, three horse kills, though. That's pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> the horse kill scene, those, those We're are We're lucky to get one in our lifetime, I would think. <laughs> I've only had one so far. Hoping to get a second sometime <laughs> soon. But uh, the John Wick movies, if, if you like it, then, man, it's just they're going to keep doing the same thing. Uh, I do wish that at some point we could find a way to land the plane here with the franchise because – it does, like, by the end of this one, like you said, Dick, I was just kind of tired by the end of this. He's just killing so many people. It's relentless. Well, it's uh, not even that. It's more of, like, you're not going anywhere. Like, it, it's almost like playing those video games that it's just, it's not really based off a story. It's based off levels. So it's like this wave has 4,000 people coming at yeah. you. Can you survive? And there were some really interesting things that they brought to this one because some people asked, like, what does the hotel manager really do? What is, you know let's see him shoot some people. Yeah. And then we saw that and we yeah. saw the importance of the hierarchy, which cause one thing that kind of confused me about the movie is why didn't the, the owner do anything? He just sat there. He just it. sat there and I'm like, well, he's not a prince or something. Is he, is he like, is he like the asset? Old. You know, that means like you have to make sure he stays alive yeah. because if you don't, what? Like everyone, he's already screwed. Everyone's already trying to kill him. So that's one thing I didn't really get, and I, I did like them fighting with the manager. That was neat. They were mm-hmm. teaming up. Yeah. But again, this movie didn't answer really. At the end of the movie, you're still on the same path he was at the very beginning, like yeah. just being chased. Nothing happened. This would definitely be a good, if you're an action movie person, whenever this comes streaming on some service, you need to see this just for the action. I mean, there's some awesome, the knife-throwing scene where they're in that hallway with oh, all yeah. these, it's all these glass cases of all these, like, art, you know, uh, antique knives, and it's him and, like, five other guys, and they're just, I mean, they're just breaking glass and throwing, that, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But uh, but there's there's some great things in here that you want to check out. But, yeah, we, you know, we need the franchise to actually go somewhere at some point. Anyways, let's move on. Top three. We're going we're gonna to finish the show here with our top three childhood movies. Let's go three, two, and one all together and maybe give a brief reason why do you like the movie so much. Chris, we'll start with you. What's your number three? Uh, the Witches. Do you guys remember that? See, what's uh, funny, I was thinking about this, Chris. You come from a little bit different era than Dick and I do oh, I as far I do. as childhood. It's Angelica Houston and... Um, and uh, Rowan I've heard of this, yeah. Rowan Atkinson is in it, and it's like uh, uh, these uh, witches turn little kids into rats. Sounds like a good kids movie. Yeah. It this is, is a kids movie. This is explaining a little bit. What were you exposed to as a young child? Really, you know, good kids movies. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, to make you grow up, you know? I ain't no kid. I grew up. Yeah. But Witches. A, Angelica, do you remember what year this was? It would have been in the ladies, maybe early, early. 1990. 1990. So I was 10. I was 10. When a I was young 10. boy stumbles onto a oh, witch shoot. convention. I should have said my age. <laughs> but, uh, a young boy stumbles onto a witch convention to, and must stop them. Even after he's been turned into a mouse. Oh, a mouse! Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sounds good. Is this I, actually for kids? I uh, yeah, I think okay. yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's Rowan Atkins? Oh, is that uh, Mr. Bean? Bean? Mr. Bean. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Dick. What's your number three? Oh, my number three would be the Page Master. What is that? Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin, 1994. Is it uh, P A G? Yeah, Page, like a book. Oh, it's a cartoon. Okay. Well, All it's right. both. I've not. It's one I've of those movies even... where he goes into another world and it becomes a cartoon. Always dig those. Cowardly. Oh, you like it where it's kind of both things yeah. together? So he starts as a boy. Yeah. Goes into a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And then what, he like fights a dragon or something? I mean, they go on a journey. 
pretty awesome. A storm for- forces frightened Richard Tyler inside a nearby library for shelter. Mr. Like Neverending Story. Mr. Dewey, Christopher Lloyd, the librarian, sees that Richard needs yes, an adventure and tries Lloyd to give the boy a book. But all Richard wants is a phone. But he can tell <laughs> millennial so before what? he can before he can call his parents. Richard slips on the floor, hits his head, and passes out. Is that when he wakes up? He finds himself in a fantasy land populated by famous literary characters. And you like this because you have the same name as the the lead kid, right? Oh yeah, totally. His name was Dick. Totally. <laughs> well, Richard. Oh, so. Did Christopher Lloyd give him like a little juice or something before he passed out? You don't really know. This is, the, the plot could be really creepy if you want to take it that way. But uh, oh, hey, kid! I guess it's just me and you in the library. I just all remember night. watching the movie and I really enjoyed it. So there you go. All right. Well, good. I'm glad you had that moment. All right. For me, uh, from 1988, you know the classic, and this was one of my favorites as a kid. Land Before Time. Uh, you know there was mm. number one. I know that they've made. Where was no, I was looking somewhere and no, they that's had, a series that just needs to figure out how to end it. Well, they just need the well, as, they just need yeah, the asteroid. It, it was ended. Uh, but we just haven't gotten there yet. Uh, so Land Before Time, everybody knows the movie where the brontosaurus gets together with his friends and they're trying to find their family in the valley and uh, the T-Rex is chasing after, Sharptooth as they call him, is chasing after him the whole time and they're trying to find the tree star, which is like the leaf, I guess, to let them know where they're supposed to be going. And uh, wasn't, there, wasn't there a famine? Is that what it was? Yeah, they were trying to get, because like the water stopped, or it dried yeah. up or something. So they're trying to get to like the... Garden of Eden or whatever, yeah, where the water flows. Climate change before climate change became an issue. That's amazing. <laughs> Man, I didn't realize how politically pointed that was. Uh, Littlefoot. Who and then there Sharptooth was is supposed to be? Petrie. Petrie was always good. Sarah, Ducky, you know, a lot of characters that stick with you. Yeah. Uh, some fun stuff. I did see a list the other day. It was, it was, it might have been on HBO. They had all the movies, and it was serious. It's so many. No, so I, I, yeah. If you listen to our other episodes uh, that you've missed, I mentioned that, where it takes up a whole screen of yeah. all the movies. Well, I'm just basically reiterating everything I've talked about. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad we're on the same. You know, it's kind of like we're like we're kind of like people who've synced up, right? Yeah, like you know, you talk about stuff. Maybe it's I can do the mind. whole show by myself. <laughs> you just be all the voices. There we we go. finish each other's sandwiches. Hey, there you go. All right, uh, what's your number two? No, I, it's, it's tied for me uh, with uh, Labyrinth and <laughs> Labyrinth. Uh, Ewoks: Return to Endor. Yeah, uh, Star Wars. It's a Star Wars movie. A Star and I, Wars and story. And I don't like Star Wars at all, but that Star Wars movie I like, and Drew Barrymore's in it. The Battle for Endor. Battle for Endor, yes. 1985. I don't even know the title. 1985. So 1985. And then Labyrinth, uh, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. Is Warwick Davis in both those movies? He is not in Labyrinth. Who's in Labyrinth? David Bowie? Isn't there a midget in Labyrinth? Excuse me, a little person? There is, but they are not well-known. Okay. They weren't one of the big ones. The well-known ones, I guess you could say. Yeah. Labyrinth is... That one's interesting. It is. It's one of the greatest special effects movies with puppetry and foreground miniatures and and just painted backgrounds they make this whole world look like you know it's and it's just in a studio without green screen well there was a green screen uh, scene but uh, but only one and it's really neat yeah all right well definitely uh definitely interesting i saw labyrinth it's been quite a while when was how long ago was the last time you watched labyrinth i saw it we had it at the theater a couple years ago so i watched it again cool all right what's your number two uh, dick I am going to say The Mighty Ducks. Oh, that almost made the list. So, that was close. Yeah, I really liked hockey, and that's what made it even better because kids played hockey on TV, so that was cool. The chubby kid from that's in a lots of trouble right now. He's Goldberg? Well, you know, Jesse Smollett was in this movie. So. Was he really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Which one was Jesse Smollett? He played, uh, I don't know. Uh, did he kind of know everything he about He played the movie? kid that got cornered in an alley, and then they... You know, tried to do that. He played. They don't, they don't even was say he, his was name. Was he the cake eater? 
No. I think that was Banks. That was number two. But yeah, you should definitely check up the video of Sean Weiss, the Goldberg. He looks a little rough. Does he? Things aren't going so good for him. Things are not going good for him. Did you like? He's did, thin though. Did you like D one? So did you like D one more than D two? Uh, well, I I would say yeah because D two was really weird because they called Chris because there really Grow wasn't up. there really wasn't a junior champion Hot Olympics Olympics. So it was <laughs> I like, it was like all right now we're gonna play Trinidad and Tobago and it's just like I don't know, it's like we're Rasta oh hey man yeah. you know now we're so gonna that play. was really weird uh, but outside that dude D two was my fave but the D three was interesting because Eden Hall. Because it went to like where actually people played hockey at, like yeah. you know, in high school, like no one played it in public school. Uh, so all the, of course, all the rich schools—that's the only school that played yeah. hockey. Got to go to the prep school. So I found that pretty interesting. But yeah, Mighty Ducks were definitely a big part of the childhood for me. Didn't quite make the list though. For me, my number two, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Two Secret of the Ooze. Do y'all remember this? Yeah. Nineteen ninety-one actually just showed, uh, you know, Jude, who is my stepson now. He loves Ninja Turtles. Now. We just we, we weren't married before, so he wasn't before, but now he is because we are. Uh, just you showed talk, him. Do you refer to him as the stepson? Yeah, I say his stepson. Stepson. Yeah. Stepson. Uh, Sorry. Just trying to give the listeners some context. Uh, child. Chi- hey, child. Stepchild. <laughs> uh, anyways, I just showed him this movie because he loves the Ninja Turtles. Oh, it's and, a great uh, movie too. And, and he's not quite on. He's only five. He's not quite loving like real act. Like he likes cartoons mm-hmm. still. But he did like this movie, and I was watching it, and I was still loving it. I mean, you know, 31 years old, still liking the, the movie that was really meant for kids. But they've got some great lines. You know, talk about where, like, they do the like they do the animatronic n- turtles pretty well. I mean, it's mm-hmm. real people, but they've got these, like, fake heads on and stuff. And uh, really a movie, I don't know. I just love it. it. Some of it's probably, like, comfort food. It brings back memories of the past and everything like that, but good stuff. Um, so, anyways, Chris, number one. Uh, number one, never-ending story for me. Never-ending story. That movie messed me up. Yes, na, 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 na. exactly. What, what, why did it mess you up? That's a great song, by the way. It is a great song. I love that song. Atreyu! Yeah, very sad. Yeah. It, it takes kids through all the emotions. It does. I'm always going like, hey, childlike empress. He can be why in Why don't a, you just freaking help out a little bit? He can yeah. be in the Star Wars is Reborn. We just have all these <laughs> reoccurring go. characters <laughs> yeah. that come up. But she's sitting up there in her ivory tower this whole time. It's like, you couldn't do anything to help the darkness? Come on, girl. Yeah. Anyways, she was kind of, I feel like she was just. And uh, uh, Falcor? Falcor is cool. That's pretty neat. My parents have a dog. Where's the article? Like where's the article talking about how stupid we men are in that movie treating the women poorly? <laughs> That's true. There was yeah. not a lot of not a lot of strong women this characters. This movie says the... princesses are useless. They got to bring puppets back. Like they do. Real Jason Siegel's trying to. No, not like that. <laughs> but not Muppets. Like the puppets like Falcor and things like that, where you actually do it instead of CGI. I like that, but CGI honestly probably looks better. It looks a lot better. Yeah. That's why they don't do it. Yeah. Dick, what's your number one? My number one is Willow. Willow, really? That's your favorite movie from oh, childhood. Oh, that is a great, yeah, it's a great movie. movie. And you know you can't get it anywhere. You can't. I, I have it. You can't rent I it. Have several versions I've, of it. I've been wanting to watch that movie for a long time. I can let you borrow it. Is it on DVD? DVD. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll check it out. So yeah, I really like that movie. There's uh, Warwick Davis again. All right. And I think it was a lot of fun. It's a good adventure movie and. One thing I liked about that age of movies is it didn't seem like it was placating just to kids. Mm, yeah. Something so, like, the, the sets and the violence and dialogue. Like, to me, it felt like an adult event, adventure film. Like, But it was just, like, appropriate. But it was appropriate, yeah. Like, yeah. there wasn't nudity or anything, but it was more of, like, this is really cool. We're going to see these guys fight and all that kind of stuff. And, unfortunately, today, I bet if it was remade, it would be really soft and boring. So... Yeah. Well, my number one is the movie from 1995, 
called Heavyweights, starring uh, Ben Stiller. This still is a all, is a kind of a favorite classic of mine. Uh, this is where plump kids, and <laughs> this is what the IMDb says, <laughs> plump kids are lured into joining a posh fat camp with the promise of quick weight loss and good times, only to find the facility is a woodland hellhole or hellhole run by a psycho ex-fitness instructor. This is a movie that could not be made today. They would not make a movie about fat kids going to fat camp to lose weight because that is a trigger warning for people who don't like that kind of stuff. But this is so good. We've, I, I know we've talked about it on the show before here. Ben Stiller's kind of doing a precursor to White Goodman from Dodgeball in his you know crazy fitness instructor self. There's just so many. There, there's like legitimate, kind of what you were just saying, Dick. There's like legitimately funny moments that even an adult would find is pretty mm-hmm. is good. And Ben Stiller is, you know, he's he's young well, and I'm not I, afraid to be crazy. I don't know if it's just the writers during that time. They really understood the balance in their screenwriting and the screen, like the dialogue of making kids really kids. It yeah. seemed like real kids, and then they were able to talk to real adults and things were actually working in the world of heavyweights. Yeah. Same thing with like a little bit of Camp Nowhere, a little bit mm-hmm. where it's like you could believe it if you're an adult or a kid, you believe this was going on and you're you're on for the ride. Well, and kids like it because kids are the main character and that's what they want to relate to themselves. But Judd Apatow was a writer on heavyweights, and I think yeah. that's part of why the writing is so good. And he was able to keep it pretty appropriate. And uh, you know, there's some great characters in there. Lars, uh, the kind of like Russian fitness guy or whatever, who has a who is the severely who deviated is the counselor that was in the like going through finding all the food and stuff like that. Because he used to be he used to be a camper at Camp. Oh Nowhere. yeah, yeah. Remember what, what, that? Yeah, what was that kid's name? I know who you're talking about. Uh, he, he's like, oh, I used to be a I used to be in the chipmunk bunk. And yeah, goes, and I know. Like, and he like hits the thing, <laughs> yeah. and then, like candy comes out. Or yeah, whatever. that scene where they're like uh, where they're like dumping all their stuff, and they have like these treasure troves of candy like behind the. The, uh, the trunks and stuff. Anyways, I love Heavyweights. It's, it's I've probably watched that movie a hundred times as a kid. I absolutely love that movie. Um, I don't I don't know why what it was. I think it's just funny and well written. But uh, so that's our top three. If you have a childhood movie that you love, please send it to us at the underscore Ticket Stub on Twitter. We'd love to engage you guys. If you engage us on social media, you'll be entered in with an opportunity to win tickets to the Grand Theater. We appreciate y'all for listening. We're still as the summer goes on. We're going to be a little bit. Uh, you know, hit or miss, in and out. But we're going to keep shows coming. And once the school year starts back up, we should be able to get back to our regularly scheduled uh, time and, you know, and, and consistency, everything like that. So I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. For Dick, for Chris, my name is Connor. We are signing off on the Ticket Stub. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about the show, to be a guest or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.